our people at the hoops journey. I know it's 2023 and we got to say happy holidays out of respect for everybody. And I appreciate that, but we just wanted to say how much we appreciate you. We hope that you and those that matter most get to spend some time this holiday season, no matter how, how much or how little it is, take advantage of it. Life's short. It's too short to stay mad, too short to not forgive. And it's too short to, uh, not take care of each other. Also remember uh, this holiday season that there's lots of people out there that do have a hard time with this missing loved ones, not being able to afford certain things. So look out for someone. Spend a dollar here or there when you can. Um, trust that it's going to go to a good place. Look out for each other. If you see someone struggling, lift them up and just continue to be good people. We appreciate you here at Hoops Journey. Obviously, you know how much you all mean to us. Um, when I was in Victoria last week with our basketball team and my son came over to hang out at my my brother's to see his cousins for the weekend, we were walking across the gym and a random guy just stopped me, said, thanks for uh, the podcast. I'm a really big fan. I'm really enjoying it. I just came across it. It got recommended to me. And then he looked at my son, Eli, and just said, hey, you, you're a, you're a co-star of the show as well. You have no idea what that means. And uh, from Carl, our producer, to myself, uh, Mitch, um, your host, thank you so much. Doug Beers, Parkside Brewery, ATO B-Ball, thank you for all that you do and your continued support um, so that we can do this. For me, I'm recording. We had a game at 145 at one of my best friends gyms today we snuck a dub out on them but i get to do this i just get to talk carl does the work behind the scenes he edits he adds the music he finds the timing for when things should go and the rest of you sponsors are our financial support so that we can do this so that nothing comes out of our pockets and it's greatly appreciated but again happy holidays to each and every single one of you blessings to you in the new year if you see me on the street, give me a holler. Say what's up. Can't wait to uh, continue this journey. I'm calling for uh, weekly episodes coming up. Who's with us? All the best to you in 2023, and I hope you have an even better 2024. Peace, love, happiness, and enjoy this episode with Mr. Andrew Parker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey, 124 episodes in. We're going to uh, the middle of Canada, but definitely not to be forgotten. This is an OG in the game, and if, I'm guessing if you know the name, then you instantly think of possibly dunking with his elbows. But a gentleman who has not only taken his career path basketball-wise, He's morphed that into become a well-rounded human being, affecting his community. And if you were to ask and mention his name in the Edmonton community, I believe they would call him, like we like to say on the show, a triple OG. Uh, and uh, he's also a real one. There's so many layers to this, and I'm really excited and thankful that he was willing to do this. I know he kind of got the notification when he saw Josh's episode, and I was thrilled to see that he was around because he was summoned in the back of my mind. 
um, as we don't want this to just be like a BC-based pod. But we have none other than Mr. Andrew Parker with us tonight. How are you, my man? Shout to the best coast, West Coast, BC. Shout to all <laughs> the family out in Van City. Shout to Vic. Shout to Kamloops. Shout oh. to Burnaby. Shout to Penticton. Shout to Kelowna. Shout to everybody. Y'all do everything so fresh on the West Coast. So we love y'all so much. Okay, and we don't have enough time to go through all that, but that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of shout outs. That's what that's I do. A lot of man. Love. That's that's what we do on the north on the north side here. We we shout out our people. So yeah. And like and like I told you, um my man Blaine LeBranch is on the road. He's currently in Miami on a way back for vacation. I I had to let him know that we were gonna chop it up tonight. Yeah, tell him why he didn't take us then. Why he didn't take us. Why he didn't why he leave me in this cold Edmonton? <laughs> How is it? How's the wind? How's it going uh, out there? You, you know what? This is one of the first Decembers since I've like I've lived here for almost 40 years, with the exception of like playing overseas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a lot of snow. It it's chilly, but it's we don't have snow this time. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't want to jinx it. I hope. He's going to look mad up above or whoever doesn't be like, oh, you didn't have snow, did you? And then just dash some snow on us. But uh, Miami, when I'm seeing his pictures, I think I liked a million of his whole entire Instagram story. So shout playing the branch. That's my brother. I kind of stopped because I was like, all right, man, that's enough to rub it in, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is a little bit concerning because even here, like, it's been like 10 degrees a couple of days and the rain's been minimal. I'm like, yo. Yeah, y'all get rain. I remember that. Y'all get rain out there. Yeah, Yeah, y'all. Snow, snow is a rarity. My wife grew up a skier from, she's from Saskatchewan and, oh, cool. and she's taught my son already and everything, but the mountain's not even open yet. Cause they don't even have enough snow yet. Yeah. 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 I figured so, as much. I figured yeah. as much. So how are you, man? Being a teacher, you know, you got the last few days here. I think only, you know, we are blessed to get lots of time off. So we never complain about that. Right. But kind of just when you get to this point and you know that it's there, you know, the kids are starting to pack it in mentally, and I'm sure you're feeling that a little bit. <laughs> How are you doing? How's life? How's teaching? And, and what's your plan for the holiday season? Life is good. I'm, uh, I was at uh, another school for about 10 years, and then this is my first full year at Roshep, which is a basketball powerhouse. Yes, it um, is. But it's also now a very multicultural um inclusive very inclusive school so we are winding down but there's tons of events we have a very strong indigenous population uh black population asian population south asian population um it's just spread out so much that this last week we're getting to see everybody's parties everybody's get-togethers um potlucks and it's beautiful um so i'm really excited about Rajshep finishing off semester one in january and then starting semester two but um it's been good and then for the holidays as always you know go hang with my mom go have some traditional caribbean food some grenadian food some jamaican food and you know have a big cookout and sing lots of songs and hopefully play a little ball too so we'll see still hooping uh it's me versus me kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) i don't really be playing with a lot of other i like that i'm grown now so it's me versus me. I like that. They had this, they've, we've got, <laughs> our student council decided to do like a three-on-three thing this year, which is the oh, first nice. time, right? Nice. And then they thought it'd be a good idea to have the final against like a teacher team, right? Ooh. 
Could you and, guys put it down or what? <laughs> well, we, so <laughs> you're laughing because you know how it's going to go. I'm like, oh man, I Come like my, now. but I like my Achilles attached, right? I'm 46, man. That's true. Like that's a big one for that, for that age too. And also and I think they caught yeah. me on a weak moment. Like I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll do it. And then I, upon, I was like, did I really just sign up? You're like, that? where's the exit sign? Yeah, Somebody yeah. turn the lights off fast. <laughs> where's Mr. So-and-so? Yeah. He ain't here. Mr. Mitchell ain't here. <laughs> but it's not happening this week. And we go to Christmas vacation. And then we have oh, our home okay. tournament for a whole week, the we first week back. So I feel like the kids are just going to forget. It's going to fade off. No, they're going to see your yeah. face. <laughs> they're going to see your face. They'll be like, yeah, you was talking all that jive before. With some Jays on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into it, man. You're talking about, you know, being in the city for almost 40 years or 40 right. plus years. Right. Talk about a young AP back in the day, sort of yeah. upbringing um, and why basketball started to separate itself for you and be a sport that you were drawn to. Yeah. Um, so our family was newcomers to Canada, uh, 1976. Uh, you know, my brother Dave was was born in Barbados. Uh, so he's born in the islands and then Steve and I were born in, in Canada and in, in Turtle Island. Um, what was there to do? I mean, from the Caribbean, we love track and field. We love dominoes, but you know, here in Canada, it was hockey and basketball. So I actually started out playing street hockey and street basketball. I didn't play organized basketball till I was 11. And I played with this really good basketball player, uh, named Jermaine Buckner who yes. is on the Canadian national team. And we actually started on the very same basketball team together, Castledown's A team. Um, we followed my brother Steve's footsteps, Steve Parker, who is arguably, in my opinion, the, one of the best basketball players ever to come out of Western Canada. Um, him, yeah, like him and him and Josh Masters. That's how I knew Josh was through my brother. And in those no days, yeah, the ballers, when fellas from BC would come to Edmonton, or we would go to there. We'd always stay at each other's houses. Like it was, it was like a really cool time for basketball. Actually, like the the camaraderie, the friendship, and the brotherhood was was really real. So yeah, Jermaine and I followed Steve, and then we kind of met all of Steve's friends. And then after after a while, we started getting as good as those guys. And 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 it's because they kicked our butts. Like <laughs> nothing was ever given to me um, on that street ball courts on the north side of E Town. That's as where we be. immigrated to, and. Um, it was battles every single day. We didn't have a hoop at our house, so we played in the streets. We played out in Clairview. We played out in um, Castle Downs, which is our neighborhood. And we just developed a love for the game until some coaches recognized that, hey, wait a second, these these Caribbean boys here, um, they got some some talent. They just need a little bit of coaching. Let's see what happens. And, um, you know, I followed everything my brother Steve did. He went to Emmy High School. I went to Emmy High School. Uh, he went to U of A. I went to U of A. Um, he tried it for national team. So did I, um, the one thing I got on him, <laughs> even though he has a national <laughs> championship and I want that ring, but <laughs> I did play overseas. So the journey started like a long time ago. We needed stuff to do in the community. There were challenges in the community. Um, like but basketball was one of the outlets that actually protected us in a lot of ways and gave us a voice and gave us a platform to, to tell the world who we are and where we came from. Now, when you talk about challenges, uh, like, is it safety challenges? Is it time, money, and energy challenges? No, it, is was, it, just it was facilities. The, no, it, yeah. it, it was, uh, 
being a newcomer sometimes mm. has a lot of challenges in terms of how you're perceived. Um, you know, we we didn't necessarily have the the best outlets other than sports for a while there until like you know education started showing that we could fit in there as well. Um, my community, particularly, we lost a lot of young brothers um, to the game, to and not basketball, to 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 the streets, to to violence, to mental health. Um, you know, from about 1998 to 2000 and 2010, it was like fellows in our community were like dropping down. Like it was really sad for a time there. So we kind of took it upon ourselves as athletes to 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 let people know that that was happening, but also saying, please come to our community and support these youngsters and, and, and put some faith into their hearts so that they can make some really good choices um, until eventually we became those people creating those programs. So, yeah, it was, you know, a couple of my friends, we were homies in high school and one year after high school, it was like deported or, um, you know, violence, um, sometimes incarceration for a few of my buddies. And, you know, that was a real reality to me. That was a reality check. And knowing that when I was putting on my jersey to play for Concordia or to play for U of A, that it was bigger than basketball. It was it was when my homies came to the game. I was there to show them that yes, I'm the representative of the North on this team, and that I never forgot them. And also for the next generation, that this is one of the ways that could help you achieve certain things you want out of life. Good reflection. So we're talking about oh, if your family comes over in '76. Yeah. So you're probably like what eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah. So you're yeah. you're a young youth, right? So yeah. yeah. I, I'm a, I'm just going to make an assumption and tell me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like you got Caucasian, you got your small community probably, and, and then heavy indigenous. Right. Well, actually, we came in when there was a boom. Okay. Like in the 80s. I kind of want to, and I don't know if my social studies <laughs> is going to actually No one's going to fact check here. this. Don't worry. But it was, I know that um, Justin's daddy. might check daddy, your stats, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin's daddy, I think, had an immigration plan where a lot of, um, islands were able to come if you were a part of the British Commonwealth or if um, you were from a French-speaking colony at the time. And there's a big population. Now, in my neighborhood, however, we were the only Black family for the longest time until mm -hmm. Jermaine's family pulled up to Castle Downs. And then slowly but surely, like now the population is African, Caribbean, Middle Eastern, yeah. everybody. That was going to be my next remember, question for you. Yeah, like go e, for it. E-Town e -town now, right? Like yeah. the progression of it and sort of like a melting pot, which is like very Canadian and very, yeah. you know, it's good, you know? E-Town is beautiful. That. Yeah. It's like we've grown in so many ways. Um, and a lot of that was through the friendships we had that were different than the households we lived in. Mm. And that I would say that's the spirit of, of Canadiana. That's the spirit of of Canada is is learning from others and growing and true multiculturalism, true mm. inclusivity, true love, true harmony. Yeah. Sheesh, let's go, man. Church on a Tuesday. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you said on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us went to church on Tuesday. Hang on, it is Tuesday, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, good. I was tripping. Um, 
So you mentioned a couple coaches that started to recognize you and see right. you as like people that could, you know, guys that were hoopers and could contribute. Talk right. about that process and then sort of like getting into the high school scene and, yeah. you know, understanding the work ethic that comes with improving and sort of all that stuff. And yeah. why, and, and, um, why did, why did basketball like really take off for you? You know, there are some other options and things like that, you know, talk about track and field and things, but right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like my first basketball coach name was Len Grazley. He was my brother Steve's basketball coach. It was a community league team, Calcedante. He's a great coach, great coach. But I was still very raw, and so was Jermaine. We were like like street ballers, but also just didn't know some of the fundamentals. Like our, our coordination was off. Like we started off with hurdles and and long jump and triple jump and high jump. But like handling the basketball, that was something we had to work incredibly hard on. Um, mm. I, I would say that my basketball um, IQ was supremely elevated by attending Emmy Lizard High School and being taught by Coach Tom Malniski. Uh, rest in peace. 2004, he left us. Mm. Um, he was the ultimate teacher coach. Like it was, it was every day you're going to learn something about yourself as a human first and then yourself as a basketball player. And then he taught me how to bring them together. Um, I think sometimes when we see young athletes who are very athletic um, and raw, like our, our first compulsion would be to just, you know, just to teach them the game. But Coach Alniski was brilliant in his, in his way of teaching us life within the game. And then our motivation automatically was reinforcing itself with our commitment to the game at the same time. So he was he was brilliant. And my choice to go to Emmy Lizert was was huge because all my friends went to different high schools. They went to Shep, <laughs> they went to Ainley, they went to JP. Um, but I was stubborn. I was like, I want to learn from the guy who helped my brother get his college scholarship. Um so yeah, I stuck with Coach E for three years in high school. Um, you know, I, I I had an interesting life in grade twelve. I made some some interesting decisions. Probably could have made better ones, but I was able to salvage the second semester of my basketball career and got one recruitment letter. I had about eleven or twelve before, but they went away once they heard I was in trouble. Um, <laughs> but the one that gave me a shot was Coach Nichols at Concordia. And from there, I was a rookie of the year on that team and then smoothly transitioned to the University of Alberta to play with Coach Howard. Uh, that was an experience. He was very different from Coach Alniski. He um, like very strict, very rigid, but also, I mean, he had the results. He had three national championships, so he knew what it took to win. And I was just very different because I was a street baller. I was I was very creative. It was, like a structure for me wasn't necessarily the best thing. Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. getting a 24-second shot clock actually helped him and I grow together because he understood that he had to go faster and I understood that I needed to know two or three sets before I get to my third. So, yeah, like when it took off for me was when I when I started dunking. Mm. When I started dunking... You did a lot of that. It was... It was... It was like breaking the rules but nobody nobody was going to tell me that I was going to get in trouble for doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like he was like yeah, breaking yeah. the rules, but not committing a crime. Let's put it that way. Um, 
so yeah, we were throwing it off the backboard. We were doing reverses. We were doing 360s. We saw Vince Carter doing his dunks and said, well, a lot of people are going to say Canadian kids can't do that crap. And we're like, well, well, we'll be the first then. We'll be the first to try and do between the legs. We'll be the first to do the Jared, um, Jared Richardson's uh, under the leg dunk. Like it was really cool. It was freedom. It was it was freedom in basketball. It was awesome. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I took those dunking skills and said, well, what's the biggest arena? What's the biggest platform in Edmonton to play basketball? And it was the UVA Golden Bears. Um, and arguably, we could say that right now, it's the same thing. The UVA Golden Bears is a strong, 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 strong franchise, strong organization, um, much like a Victoria, much like a UBC, much like a Carleton, um, much like a University of Saskatchewan or even a Calgary now too. So yeah, I took off from there and just getting the exposure from being a kid playing streetball at the Commonwealth Stadium where the Edmonton Elks had played. You know, all these American brothers were there. You know, they came through. They were strong as hell, so they beat the hell out of us. But then taking all of that from that area of basketball and bringing it to the hardwood, I thought it was really cool for for some of the fans to see and some of the people to experience. So I would definitely say Juve is where my, my career took off um, and also the streetball scene too. Good stuff. Um, did you did you play uh, a provincial team or did you come? No. Were you just grassroots? Your grassroots, deep. yeah. <laughs> politics, right? Politics. Well, I, this is the same it was space, a bit. Of, it was a. It was a bit of. It was a bit of both. both. It was yeah. a bit of, um, you know, some folks in my family being like, "Okay, it's it's four hundred dollars to try out for the team," sure, and then being like, "Are we gonna do it?" Versus some of the guys that were on that team had played for eight, nine years. And I'm coming in just completely like not even a part of that. And even though my brother did play, my brother did play for, for the provincial team, but I didn't play on a provincial team. I didn't get an all-star. Uh, I'm in a journal all-star, but I did go to the dunk contest and I did have fun there. Um, but it was, it was very organic. It was like, I'm here, I'm here to learn. It's going to be hard, but who cares? Let's get the job done. I told you. Hey, what's up, youngster? What's going yeah. on? What's going on, youngster? Andrew. How you doing? Good. How you doing, buddy? Good. You look cool. Are you a baller? Do you play basketball? Yes. You play basketball? Cool. Who's your favorite player? Vince Carter. Okay, now we got to be friends. This is it. Shut down the podcast. Shut it down. We're going to talk Vince all day. Vince was one of my favorite players, too. I was actually a very big Kobe Bryant fan. Yeah, I love Kobe being Bryant, man. But Vince Carter was definitely one of my idols in the game. I definitely modeled my game after him. And then it was it was when Kobe turned to 24 that I was like, okay, Vince, I love you, but I'm going to I'm gonna try this other guy's path. But how's school going? School's going well? Really good dunker like Vince Carter, too. This, he's a really good slam dunker. <laughs> yeah, school was going well. Cool. I can't wait till you dunk. <laughs> it's going to happen. Don't worry. I'm going to be there. Yes. What do you say to Andrew? Okay. Good night. <laughs> Good night, buddy. Something? Have a great night. We'll see you later. Dream about uh -huh. basketball. <laughs> cool. Yeah. What sword is that? Is that Legend of Zelda? No, it's a Minecraft sword. Sweet. Minecraft's dope. Yeah, I like my son likes Minecraft too. Yeah, he's got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. That's right. Yeah. Can you say goodnight? 
Can I? I got this. Minecraft. Night, night, buddy. Enjoy Minecraft. Okay. Uh, cheers, I man. See you later. My birthday. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Must have been a swell birthday party. Good night. Bye. Good night, buddy. Cheers, man. Hey, Eve. Love you. Hey, Eve. Love you. Yeah. I told you, man. Dads, dads do it, man. Dads do it. The co, the co-host. Dads do it. Yeah, the co-host rocks. Get that man his royalties, homie. Get that man. Get that man his bag, man. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he said Vince, I was like, "Oh, if Eli rolls up, he's definitely going to say Vince Carter." Um, oh man, Vince's oof, oof. Yeah, I showed him the top ten dunks the other day. He was just like, "What?" Yeah. No one's ever gonna. No one's ever. Like no, like it's been years, and even the Levine dunk mm. contest was extraordinary. Yeah, but what Vince did in close? games? Come on, I I say one two or one a one b, and then I got to put Jordan and and Dominique in there too. I have to put those two in there too. I but like that Vince. Under, Vince yeah. was oh my god, it was um it was it was oh he was disrespectful. Let's put it that way. The one against Indiana where he like sweeps left and it's like on, on Mullen side. Come on, on now. Mullen. Mullen was under the bucket. You got past Mullen and went boom. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this, you could do this in a game. I'm like, you can do this in a game. Okay, well, I'm gonna try and do this in a game too. Then that's you know, Vince is something else, man. He's in okay, the well, hall for sure. For sure. Okay, now you gave some good reflection about sort of like the non-provincial team, but then knowing, and you've mentioned many times that like kind of your brother was like the model, right? So yeah. You know, how are you able to work through that, keep that passion? And like you said, so you go to Concordia, yeah. Um, kind of a freestyle of play. What does that even mean to you? Is it just mean that like that coach recognized that it was kind of the college level and was gonna just sort of no, was it was, was he wanted to move you guys on? Yeah. Well, what was different he was, about it? He he um the program was young. The year before okay. I got there, they were a men's league team. They're no like way. a men's league team that just played men's league and called themselves Concordia. Mm. So Coach Nickel like built that whole program up by himself. Um, and he kind of brought me in as like, you know, this rook, he's 18. I have a couple guys on the team that are 26, 24, 27. But he's like, this guy, like, he's got to play. Like, I'm not going to hold him back. And I respected him because it took mm -hmm. me about, I think, three or four games to, like, just be like, coach, I think I'm ready to to start. And I obviously never said that to him, but I kind of, like, proved it to him. I showed it. I was like, okay, if this is the six guys that are playing, and I love them all, great teammates. But I was like, if there's six guys on this squad that I have to defeat in order to get a starting position, um, those guys are yeah. going to have the hardest practices of their entire career. And that's what we did. It was the first time we ever went to provincials. The first time we ever won a playoff game was versus Eddie Richardson's state team. Eddie Richardson. Later, yeah, Eddie Richardson. So we all know each well, you other. You pull names, dog. Yo, Eddie, Eddie. Well, first of all. I mean, I, I played at Langara, right? So I, these okay. are my, you know, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Eddie, Eddie, Eddie's made his name in this game. Eddie was a phenomenal athlete before his injury, and even after his injury, he he developed a three point shot. So I respect Eddie. Eddie's a very good businessman as well. Um, and his his cousin Matt Sire is a part of 
uh, the BTA that I work with too. But yeah, we we were able to beat them one time and then we took on Nate in the provincial final, lost by six. And after that year, I was just like, you know, it's time to go find my brother's path and go to U of A. I reached out to Scott Martell and Coach yes. Owen said I'd like to play. And Martel was, I would arguably say, one of the greatest recruiters um, for U of A's basketball history. He was amazing. He showed up in Why? his green. He showed up in his green blazer ah. to the game, and he's got the patch on, and he's he's like, "We won the chip," and he's like, "Your brother plays for this program." He's like, "I think you can play for U of A." And it gave me so much confidence that when I did come to the ID camp, I think it was the best ID camp I've ever had in my life. It was, it was outstanding. I was seven other guys that were recruited before me that already had their scholarships. And in that same year, um, I made the team, I got into Slam Magazine and, you know, the rest was history. The rest was history. And it just became a dunkathon, <laughs> a Canadian dunkathon. It was me and Henry Beckering. It was me and him together, just dunking all over this nation. I was actually going to say when you were talking about like uh, going in dunk contests, I was going to be like you and the Beckerings. Yeah, Henry was. Yeah, Ro- I would uh, listen. Henry's the dog. Like Henry, like he was on best on sports and this and that. Ross, Loki. Ross, Ross is one of the best basketball players. Complete basketball players that i've ever seen um and played against i loved ross beckering um loved the guy always gave him five he was good to my homies in the city the champagne family like he had a beautiful heart a good person um so it was hard to hate those guys when we played ball against them it was hard to hate them because they were just <laughs> such nice people but i think me and henry kind of knew that we had a time like that one year was was powerful for basketball in Canada because it, it showed that the viral era had 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 met had met Canada basketball. It's and, actually true. Um, yeah, like you make a you make a good point. Not to yeah. cut you off. Like I still remember Henry came out to like some sort of club thing out at Cap College and like he the dunk contest, but also like like grainy YouTube footage. But it like it blew up, man. Like it was it blew up that, everywhere. That was, like, that's like some OG stuff right there. It's it true. Was, it's it's yeah. It was the viral era. It was it was before that. Mm-hmm. It was the programs would give you a video of the players and you'd see who they are, yeah. and then you'd be lucky if you got on TSN, like if you went to nationals, and then that was cool. But then with Henry and myself, um, the internet, YouTube, um, mixtapes, uh, and I would even tie that in with the boys, the Nautic out in BC. And and um, like there's a lot like a lot of us at one point in time between Ontario, BC, Alberta, just started putting ourselves out there and said, okay, well, let's see what the world will do with this. And now everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everywhere, Instagram's whole platform, all these NBA teams even have to hire people to be their video mixers, and they're making lots of money too. For real. Shout to the game. If you're a basketball player out there in the lower mainland or uh, BC in general and you're looking for somewhere to play, we have a proud sponsor and that is PGC Hoops. You can find them at pgchoops.ca. And the thing that makes them unique and that we're proud to sponsor them and them be a sponsor of us is 
It's a true nonprofit basketball organization. Found in the east side of Vancouver, the mission is cost-effective elite basketball for all. Find the website, take a look, register your kids, register yourself, look for the programs. And if you have any questions, reach out to me and we can contact you with the right people. This is a good program for the right reasons. We appreciate you, PGC Basketball. How does one from Edmonton make it to Slam Magazine? How does that happen? Arizona, like, Arizona, Arizona the, State. Like the, we're talking like, I remember being on the U16 provincial team on a yellow school bus driving to Seattle to fly to the Vegas tournament, reading the Larry Johnson, <laughs> the leaning, like, you know, I think that's, I think that's edition one or two. Like it's one, right. it's one or the other. And yeah. then just being like, this has got, Hoops. This has right. got culture. It's got shoes, everything. And I'm like, shoes, this they shoes. Like three, yeah. I'm like, this is like Scoop Jackson. I'm like, this is another level of a of a magazine, right? Um, it was the culture. It was yeah. it was basketball culture. It was it was black culture. It was hip hop culture as well. It's tied it, it all together. Was, it was it was revolutionary, and they did things that Sports Illustrated could not do. They went to places that Sports Illustrated could not go. Um, they allowed. I think the, the young. I think the young people would say no cap. Yeah, <laughs> I I personally refrained from that one. I let them have that one. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Too cap, confusing. <laughs> cap means a ball cap to me. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's different. So I let them enjoy their brand new <laughs> slang and lingo. I prefer the word dope. Dope is still yes. going to be the 80s, 90s at yeah. that time. So how did that happen? Yeah, but how, did, how did Slam happen for you? That's crazy. We went, we went to Arizona, U of A. When you say we, okay, yeah. U of A Golden Bears. Uh, a, number of, a number of brilliant things happened on this trip. A number of brilliant things. Uh, my two teammates, Scott Gordon and Gavin Fedorik, who are, I, th- I believe they're BC boys. I think yeah. Scotty definitely is. Um, on that trip to Arizona, they actually came up with this idea um, to make a small business, small business, which was a sandwich making company that turned into like a million dollar enterprise called Preston. It would happen on a conversation with our per diem eating some sandwiches <laughs> in Arizona. And they, they made Press Sandwiches Company literally on that trip. So that was one thing. The no other way. thing, yeah, the other thing was um, Canada is not supposed to dunk on the United States of America. Especially it's not supposed es- to happen. Especially in this sort of, you know, like now we've got, we've got some hoopers, but like. We got it all now. In my our opinion. era, though, kind of like your era, it's like, what? It's like stay in your yeah. lane. It's like. Yeah. Um, Take your 50 We're point the loss. dominant ones, yeah. this and that. And I. You know, I get it. They created the most amazing culture of hoops. But I also, in that game, came off the bench. And I was upset. I won't say the word I want to say because my mom may hear this one day. (laughs) (laughs) But I was upset because I'm like, we came all the way to United States of America. It's my first time in Arizona. We're playing in this big old arena. Um... (laughs) 
it's gorgeous. This is where I always wanted to play. I always wanted to go D1, but I ended up just following my brother's footsteps. I did have a couple of chances, like midway through my UBA career, but I knew that this was going to be important. So I had a, the most amazing point guard, two point guards. So I had Gavin and I had this kid named Alex Steele. Um, yes. Alex Steele. Is he not a BC Alex, boy too? No, he's no. He, well, he he stayed out there for a hot minute there in Calgary. Um, he's an Edmonton boy from the south side, and I was an Edmonton okay. boy from the north side, and we both played outdoor street ball with some of the best street ballers in the city. So me and Alex came in the same year. He was killing it at McEwen. I was doing my thing at Concordia. We came in with the same mindset, which is we're here to do work. We know it's an amazing program. We know it's, you know, great coaches, great players, but we want our time in history too. So Alex started just throwing lobs left, right, and center. <laughs> and one thing I like to do is make my friends happy. So <laughs> he threw those lobs, and I knew my job was to take that ball and throw it down the toilet as hard as I could. <laughs> And um, we ended up dunking on them five times, and I think I had 17, <laughs> 10, and 9, three or four steals. And there was somebody in the in the crowd from our press team, uh, Chris O'Leary, who sent, I think he sent the video, and he sent an, another article to Scoop. And Scoop was working with him on a loan. I didn't know this. Like, he was trying to get some more Canadian content. So Chris... Chris was like, well, there's this kid from the north side of Edmonton who just dunked all over Arizona State. I don't think it's happened before. So about a couple months later, Slime sends a photographer from the United States. We go to my street ball court in Castle Downs. And yeah, that was the first time somebody from our area got into Slam. And we we started looking in the back of the magazine because that's what we usually used to do as Canadian kids. Yeah. We never thought we'd get anywhere close to the front. And we kept looking and we're like, wait a second, it's not in 300. It's not in 200. It's not in even 100. It's like page 17. And it was, in my opinion, it was a big accomplishment for me as an athlete. I thought it was that recognition I needed because I knew I was coming off the bench. I didn't necessarily know why. Uh, I think it was, again, because I was super raw, but the validation of the greatest basketball magazine, in my opinion, ever, um, that meant more to me than whoever was starting or whichever team I was playing for. It was it was big. It was it was a coming out party for sure. Yeah, no doubt. That's free. That's dope, man. I love yeah, that. Man. Look into the back. I've... We it's always insane. used to do that. Yeah. We always looked in the back because we were like, well, who are we going to see from Ontario? Who are we going to see from B.C.? And then you always got that back one because the United States players are really, really, really good. But now, I mean, seeing Shy, Gil, just Alexander getting on the cover and like so many Canadians, like um, Jamal Murray won a championship there. Wiggins won his championship. Um, Canada's here. Canada is dope. We have good ballers. And that stigma of, oh, you're from Canada you can't hang with us is literally dissipated. Like it's, you can't make that argument no more that we're soft or we can't play or we're not ready. We can't handle the intensity and that. We've proven ourselves and it started with those small little things of, oh, we're in this article and now we're on this video and now we, oh, we get a scholarship to this school and you know, this coach validates you, so on and so forth. So yeah, the game, I've seen the game grow a lot in 20 years. It's true. You ever hoop against Sammy Salter? 
Yes, I did. Yeah. Sammy was a bad man. Sammy yeah. broke a backboard at a dunk contest in Calgary. First of all, he's strong dude. as hell. He's yeah. strong as hell. And I was a rookie. I was young. So I didn't really know Sammy like that. So he was at Mount Royal when I was that, at Nagara. Right. And then yeah. I think he made a, made his way to state too, because all the state ballers knew him. Yeah. And um, Calgary, shout out, big up Mike Myers. I got to give a shout out to Mike Myers. Calgary man, one of the, the original Dons. But he was the one who introduced me to Sam Salter at a Golden Bears basketball camp. Um, him and this dude named Chris Wilson, I played ball with at Concordia. But Sammy, Sammy could ball. Sammy could go. Sammy had heart. Yeah, Sammy had heart. Yeah, he did. He tried to scrap us when we played them. Like, he got suspended. We got suspended. It was funny. Yeah, it was good. You yeah. know, those days, <laughs> in those yeah. days, um, it was, you know, it was different. Like, you know, the game was very real, very yeah. visceral, very much in your face. I'm ready to go against you. Um, it was it was cool. I don't know. I, I kind of like that stuff. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. I agree. I'm with you 100 on that. Yeah. So at U of A, you guys make some good runs. You know, you get close. You right. already mentioned a little bit of, you know, didn't get the ring, but my bro did. But I mean, right. you know, what, at what point in your brain are you thinking like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to extend this career, look into something else? You know, it's still... You're not old, pause, okay, right, just relax. Right, right. But like, you know, like overseas ball is like, you know, it's not like it is today where there's just so many options, right? So absolutely. at what point were you thinking, I'd like to keep going with this, but I'm not so sure, you know, what the next step might be? Um, after nationals, when we went to nationals, the agents are everywhere. There's mm. agents from Canada, there's agents overseas looking for good athletes. And I got a couple names from some agents. And then one of my teammates, James Hudson, uh, uh, he played out, he played, he's a BC boy as well. He was actually yeah. probably, probably one of my favorite teammates. If I would, I would say between him and Steele, Tyson Jones, those are like my fave. Alex Mahari as well, who played in Edmonton, who only got to play one year for the Bears. Those are like my guys. We hang out all the time. Hudson can hoot, man. Hudson could, he could jam, fam. Like, so when mm -hmm. he went over, because he went to Recklinghausen, um, yeah. and I'd made my last mixtape, I think it was my U of A mixtape. And yeah, he sent that tape. to I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, well, in those days, you had to advocate for yourself because yeah. if you didn't expose yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. And it wasn't just like glorification, it was more like, okay, who can see this and can I keep playing? Mm -hmm. And James' coach saw the video and said, yeah, let's bring him in. So I'd finished playing for the Edmonton Chill, which eventually became the Edmonton Energy, which, you know, morphed into the Edmonton Stingers. So there's a billion different incarnations, even before there was the <laughs> Skyhawks. <laughs> and James was like, come play with me in Germany. And I was like, I ain't never been out of Edmonton except for the Caribbean. You know, I, I've only <laughs> been to Toronto a few times when I was young. And I've been to Calgary a few times, but Germany sounds like a hell of a great place to go. Now is so, the is the degree done by now? Uh yeah, I did. Yeah. I I did like a spring summer session. Yeah. And then I finished it off and then I went over so that was my first degree. That was my bachelor of, of arts sociology minor psychology. Mm -hmm. And then I played overseas for 3 4 years and played in Edmonton and played in the states for a bit in the IBL. And then I came back and got my second degree once I was done playing, when I was coaching basketball at McEwen University. So, yeah. Oh, you helped uh, at McEwen? 
Yeah, I was the assistant coach for Pete Garachi. Shout to Pete. Shout oh, to PG. Big, big homie PG, who was oh, uh, he was a good friend of. Um, well, I mean, he played with Nash. He played with all the best those guys. But Greg Francis, rest in peace. All right, um, for sure. Our guy, our like that was our guy. When they came to my birthday party at my girlfriend's house, who's now my wife, um, while we were coaching at McEwen. I was like, these guys are the coolest freaking guys I've ever met. Like, I love both of them a lot. Peter was an amazing competitor, even as a coach. I would say he was he was fierce. And we had one meeting, one meeting. We didn't sit down for coffee. We didn't go for dinner. We met at the court. And Peter's like, yeah, so you used to play ball. Saw some of your highlights. Got some pretty good dunks, man. And I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, I heard about you, man. You, you're a freaking Canadian national team legend. Um, and I was like, there's some good ballers in the city. He's like, I know. He's like, there's some good ballers in Canada. I'm like, I know. And he's like, okay, well, we'll see you tomorrow. It's four o'clock. And we're, we're <laughs> practice starts. Recruiting's there. You're you're there for the open gym. You're gonna run this, that, and this. We'll watch some game tape together. And the rest was history. And he was awesome. And I'm trying to remember. That sounds he, about right, man. Yeah, he's I'm dying. He's a good person. Yeah, I've, been out, I've been out with Pete a few times. That sounds pretty He's on a par. real one. He's a real yeah. one. I, yeah. I respect him because he knew them boys out in Ontario. He knew the fam in BC. And he respected me. And when you have a good coaching relationship where someone actually just respects you, um, you can coach forever together. And we would have if he didn't uh, make his move. I think he I think he eventually moved on to, was it UNBC or UBCO? U- UBCO. UBCO. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Eric Magdance came, and I did a couple years with him. And mm-hmm. once I was done my degree, I was kind of like, "Yeah, no, let's be a teacher. Let's let's do this, and let's coach some basketball in my old high school." So I did that what, for so ten years. When you got into coaching, yeah, was it something? Was it like a pay it forward thing? Was did you see yourself like even when you're at U of A? hooping are you thinking like i think i'd like to coach whether it be like local youth or high school like or i was doing it the whole time that came up oh yeah yeah so when i was like we grew up in the ymca is this place called the castle downs ymca and you either played two places back in the days it was commonwealth stadium which is like downtown ish and then um it was the castle downs ymca and in the ymca i started coaching kids from when i was like 15 16 years old, and I just never really stopped. But when Coach Oneski passed away, that's when I was like, I want to be an official, like, mm. teacher coach. So, you know, I did the McEwen thing to get my experience, but also to, like, continue my love of the game. I just finished playing pro, right? So I was like, I still yeah. want to be around. And I was still having fun in in our little scrimmages versus the <laughs> versus the university guys, and they're like, "How are you still beating me?" I'm like, "Well, because I'm hungry as hell, and I want you to develop that hunger." And we had some great players: Denzel James, whose little brother is Jeffrey James, who played for the Bears. He's all time leading scorer in McCune history. Um, Keith Gerda is a great player from Harry Ainley. Tom Stereniak, Adam Boyd. Like I remember those players. I recruited a few of them. But um, it was more so just staying close to the game. Like when you mm. when you're done playing, you kind of just want to stay close to it. Sometimes you know what I mean. Yep. Well, yeah. I hear you, man. Still am. <laughs> totally. What was it about coaches passing that really made you motivated? Was it just like 
Yeah. Like what, what, you know, you made a, a point of mentioning that. Right. Was there something specific there or was it like just sort of a subconscious thing? Or? Well, he was like the one, um, like he was the dude who like believed in me, if that makes sense. Like if yeah, of course he, was it does. My, he was in my corner, mm. um, you know, if you asked a couple of my other high school teachers, who was I, they'd have a completely different story than Coach Elniski did. Um, he was a family man as well. Um, you know, his daughter, Stasha and Tova, I talked to them like almost every single week. Um, mm. His 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 grandson, who we actually never met because he passed away before um, Jade was born, um, we're really really tight. We're very close knit. So for him, 2004, he passes away, and I'm looking at it like, but Coach didn't get to see me finish the chapter. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't get yeah. to to see like what he believed in versus what maybe the city didn't understand. So when I got to U of A, like you can see it even in the videos, like, every time I dunk, I, I'd point to this guy. It was mostly for him and like, you know, a couple other brothers in the community we lost. Mm -hmm. So coaching became real. Basketball became even more real when Elniski passed away because that was the one person I actually wanted to play in front of. You know, I didn't play in front of my family before, but Coach Elniski is the one I wanted to see me shine. But, you know, I believe in the ancestral plane and I believe he's in heaven and he's he's watching down on us. And I do believe that he got a chance to see me become who I who he believed I could become. No doubt, man. Every day, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Like, there's no yeah. doubt. And isn't that the purity of sort of like I know the, the club situation's really taken over and everything. But the purity of the high school game and that teacher coach relationship. Where, it's different. Like, yeah, it's uh, they they get to see you. Like, I mean, we finished the game today. I was talking to the kids. We went, you know, we went to Victoria on the trip, and a couple kids didn't like turn assignments or whatever. And I'm like, Jerry Maguire, man, like, help me help you. You know, yeah, like totally. there are some teachers. There are some teachers that don't understand what it takes and the hours you're putting in and the relationship we have. Right. Let me support you. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. You no, don't need to get straight never. A's. No. That's not what it's about. No. But just be a responsible young man, you yeah. know, and like sort of like sounds like the coach was the same for you, sort of saw you differently than what the community saw and whatever right. your antics were and all the right. stories were. Right. He saw you as a human. And I think right. that's the that's what the high school experience, I think, really offers people. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, like you see the kid in the hallway. Um, you you know which kids have specific cultural events or weddings. We know their family mm. situations differently. Um, you're invested in seeing them graduate. You're invested in their future. Um, you're invested in them as a human being. Like you see them as your sons. That's that's a deep level of coaching. When you see them as like your sons, your 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 community, your people, your younger brothers, your younger mm -hmm. sisters. So I'm definitely a huge advocate for for teacher coaches. And I know like the club, like you said, the club. You can't friggin' walk two paces from anywhere and not see a club basketball team. <laughs> but there's something very unique about high school basketball. It's it can galvanize an entire community, an entire school with just one game, for God's sakes. One game can bring so many people together and so many emotions, so many experiences. And when mm -hmm. you see that kid shine, it's not just like, well, the kid I see for two hours, it's the kid you see for eight hours a day. More than that. Like, you know, the kid you talk to their parents, it's deeper. Yeah. Yeah, man. I agree. Love it, man. This is great. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Um, let's talk about, you know, 
aware of time and everything, I just want to talk a little bit about sort of everything outside of being an educator that you've got yourself involved in, you know, looking right. at your website and sort of, you know, you've touched on many times about being an immigrant family and right. the things that you've, you know, you've dove into a lot of things, a lot of avenues. Right. Uh, you've, you've been a voice for a lot of people that maybe weren't a voice for you. I mean, obviously you had a good family unit, but um, why are those things important to you and why do you continue to do them and touch on, uh, on as many of them as you want, because it's hard to keep up. For real, right. for real, and and kudos to you, brother. Thank like you. for real, Thank like you, Thank you. Ma ma many props for for sticking your neck out and sort of like fighting for what you believe in and continuing right. to be a voice in your community. Um, because right. I think it's amazing. So it's one of the big things that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, it's um, you're. Oh, it's crazy how <laughs> much your life can change from one decade to the next you know, mm. from one five-year chapter to the next. And, mm. you know, at some point, basketball basketball was my life. It's still a big part of my life, but it, it's the community now has fully become my passion. Um, we have a young generation right now that needs support. Um, they have access to so many different videos. Half of them we as adults probably will never see unless they show it to us. And sometimes it's really, really, really hard hardships. Um, my my community, the community I belong to, the Black community, the African community, the Pan-African community, the diaspora, um, our brothers and sisters everywhere, our family everywhere, um, our hearts were breaking three years ago. And some people in the community asked me to speak. Um, it's one of those moments where you know that it's going to be, it's intimidating. I'll just be honest. It's intimidating. It's intimidating to have people like BLM and people like um, the Africa Center and people like the mayor of the city twice now um, having conversations about how we can heal the community. Um, in that short time frame, I met the Prime Minister of Canada. I met the mayor of our city, the premier is invited to a number of events. I talked to every MLA. I sat down with the superintendent of Edmonton Public Schools. I sat down multiple times with the president of the Alberta Teachers Association. And the goal was just let's make education better. It's beyond just, you know, winning our championships and putting on our jerseys, which makes me really happy. But I also understand that our brothers and sisters, once they take that jersey off, are they George Floyd? Are they Breonna Taylor? Are they Ahmed Arbery? Are they Trayvon Martin? Are they Tamir Rice? Are they Lachero Tuel, who is from Calgary, um, a Sudanese brother who was shot and killed and he was having a mental health challenge? And I just wanted to speak more because I didn't feel like a lot of folks who had the platform to speak were doing it. And I know the reasons why. It's it's hard to put yourself out there. You could lose so much. You could lose so much. You could get in trouble. You can get this and that. But if it's going to help humanity and this is the path that I'm on, I, I'm going to speak and I'm going to, I'm going to give a voice to people whose voice sometimes gets overshadowed by what the dominant ways of thinking in society are telling them. So yeah, I started myself, Sir Aramakoansa and Matthew Sire, who's Eddie Richardson's cousin, started the Black Teachers Association of Alberta. And we've been running for three years now and putting on effective programming for youth and combating things such as, you know, racism and bigotry and creating support systems. 
having liaisons in schools, um, bridges to post-secondary institutions, and literally doing the work that we don't get paid no money for this. <laughs> we don't get paid no money for this, but it is necessary to show education that, yes, there are other paths, there's other ways to reach people. It doesn't always have to be this ABCD checkbox. It could also be just sitting down having conversations and, you know, I don't know, running basketball tournaments in communities that don't ever get basketball tournaments and making it bigger than basketball. Real so, curriculum, man. You're talking real yeah, curriculum. Yeah, real life, real mm -hmm. life. And real life hits hard. But mm -hmm. if we all pull together and 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 we're not afraid to for myself to speak to you and tell you my experiences as a black man i think mm -hmm. this is the bridge that humanity actually really needs right now mm -hmm. so yeah the work the work is transformed it's transcended it's it's evolved it's 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 beyond just hoops now i i see myself as more of a, a supporter of people and this is the path that i want to be on from now until eternity Whatever you're doing right now, listening at work, rolling in your whip, walk, going for a walk, whatever it is, hang on for a sec. You like jerseys? You like stance socks? You like throwback? You like shoes? You like anything related to basketball? Hit up ATOB Ball. And if you're not able to be there in store at Langley Event Center, check them out on the web. And I guarantee you'll find something you like. Give us a mention and you'll never know. Shout out to our boy Jeff. ATOB Ball for life. I love it, man. And then I think too, like, um, you know, just in, at times maybe, and tell me if I'm offside here, but sort of a community like Edmonton sometimes is kind of that white, blue caller sort of one way of thinking, you know, and it can be hard. And for you to like, I remember seeing the video of you when you did that. Um, and I remember seeing all that stuff and, and for you to step out there, how it probably empowered so many people that you still don't even know to this day, because like you were good at putting a ball in a hoop, but then you were able to realize that like that equates to taking your brain and your heart and your passion and helping others, which at yeah. the end of the day is really what it's about. Like, if you're an asshole your whole time playing basketball, like James Hudson wouldn't text you back. Like Pete Garachi <laughs> wouldn't hire you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally, totally. Your your mind it grows and it expands. And and I don't know when you started to think this way because it seems like at a young age, like the things that you were talking about even earlier in the episode, right? The way that you process things, like your brain's just built different, man. It's different than mine. Like you were picking up things that a lot of us weren't. And I think it's really powerful and important that people know that it's okay to like be vulnerable and throw yourself out there, right. but also to take your skills and talents and like use them for good, you know, yeah. like, you know, like don't be afraid. And, uh, it's awesome, man. It's, it's like really gives me the warm fuzzies, man. I think it's fantastic. Well, that, like, yeah. I was inspired by, um, Martin Luther King and Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and Nelson Mandela and Harriet Tubman and Marcus Garvey. So as a Jamaican, like we were well um, taught about Marcus Garvey and Bob Marley for Pete's sakes. Yeah. The man. lion, man. Like Bob Marley was a... The words. Yeah. Like he was a, a, a philosopher king, a, a revolutionary, um, somebody who knew that his music wasn't just to make you dance. It was also to make you think and also to make you feel. And mm. and and artists like that, like, like Tupac, 
and um, like Kendrick Lamar, like people who will say things to make you think, but also to make you come closer to what it feels like to be in this skin. Um, in the, and to experience this skin in this world and society where a lot of sometimes stereotypes are thrown onto you and a lot of um, fears are, are, are placed on you when you literally just want to exist. And I think that by starting like the BTA and BSAs and supporting other groups showing solidarity, we'll just understand ourselves a little bit better and hopefully change this world for the better, man. Like, do we really want our kids to grow up hating each other? Like, that's going to be like terrible. Like, you go to every <laughs> single grade every year and it's like, oh, I hate that guy. Why? I don't know. He looks differently from me. Like, why not the opposite? Why not the opposite? Like, let me try this samosa. Let me try this Jamaican patty. Let me try to speak in Spanish. Let me understand what uh, the significance of a turban is or a kafea or a uh, yarmulke. Like, what, like, let me understand Ramadan. Let me understand these amazing intersectional pieces that exist in Canada and then tell the world how much we love that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the work is, it's beautiful. It's challenging. It's tiring. Um, <laughs> but it's meaningful and it's long lasting. And it's something that I and many others uh, would say that we are, are, are proud to to do and honor to do. Good on you, man. Right on. And your two kids are watching you every day. Don't forget yeah, that. I'm watching, watching them too. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> watching they, them too. <laughs> probably more than they want. <laughs> Hey, now listen. it's all good till they turn mm. 18. <laughs> I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, and one thing I can't stand is when the host like just starts talking about themselves and telling a story. And I try to take pride in just being a good listener. Right. But can I just tell one story to you? Shoot. It's resonating with me. Okay. So I'm like 2008. I work at a Christian brother school. Um, it's a Catholic Christian brother school. The Christian brothers have not been perfect in their own actions at times, but their purpose and meaning is to serve others. It's right. uh, the first Christian brother was from Ireland. His wife died of cancer. He had a daughter. He took kids off the streets of Waterford in Ireland and helped them and supported them and created a school. And next thing you know, we have these schools all over the world. Right. So I had the opportunity to go to, to, to Africa. I got to go to Kenya. Cool. I spent three weeks in Kibera, the second largest slum in the world at the time. Right. No running water, like no nothing. So we went to the school. I spent three weeks at the school every day. Um, so many great experiences. Just, you know, like it was just overwhelming. And then we ended up in Tanzania, went to a couple of schools there. And we did kind of a Q&A with the kids for some reflection. And uh, the the biggest thing that stuck out to me said, you know, one of the one of the teachers from England asked, you know, what can we take back? Like, what what's the message you want us to bring back? And you're thinking like, you know, they're going to say, you know, send us money, support us, do this, da, da, da. And this like 15 year old girl looked us all in the eye deadpan. And she said, help your own community, mm -hmm. help your own community. And I almost fell off my chair. I was like, and you, I don't, last time you were in Vancouver, we got the downtown East side. There's needles. Yeah, there's I know the East. This, I know the know? East. I know the right? East. Um, so it's like, so just like to hear what you're doing. And like, for me, I was just like, that girl could have given so many answers that would right. have been selfish or whatever. And she said, just go back to wherever you're from 
and help your own community. And I was like, man, and the way that you're speaking and the things that you're saying, I just, it's good, man. It's the same message. So. And you're doing it too, by the way, you are helping Mm. your community. You're helping this hoops community Mm. with this podcast, the hoops journey, like the cosign from Mr. Masters. Like, I don't know if you'll (laughs) notice, I haven't done a podcast in a long time, but my big homie said like, this is a good look. And then Blaine told me literally 10 minutes before we got on screen that like, you're going to have a good time having a good conversation. And then I was like, you know what, let's do this. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's, let's talk the game. And I never get to talk the game as much no more. Cause I'm always talking about other stuff, <laughs> but it's good to talk ball. Like, I feel like I'd love to coach again, actually too. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And I appreciate you trusting me, man. I know it's not easy. Like I know, you know, someone for yourself who's, voices out there and everything but i know some people sometimes are like who is this person and what are we you know and like that's why i was happy that you got on early i was like yeah we can chop it up a little bit before you know the hardest ones are when it's just like we get on and like business you know it's like we had kayla alexander i don't know if you know that yeah 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 yeah. and she like she was like all right so tell me about yourself and i I freaking love that i'm like she wants to know who i am like i started telling her about my son how he's adopted did like i was just like getting everything you know what i mean i was just like that for me is like it doesn't take much to connect and you that's know that humanity as a yeah, yeah there you go say less yeah that's humanity is as asking somebody who they are and talking to their kids and everybody feeling safe you know what i mean in the space where we can communicate and love exists in those places where you actually listen to people so mm-hmm. hell yeah man Appreciate it. You want to do some fun questions? Sure, let's do it. All right. I'm going to hit you right in the in the heart here. Let's go. You and four other dudes on the blacktop. Yeah, played at 21 or 15. Threes and twos, Oof. call your own. Oof. You're back home on the courts. Ooh. Oh, this is good. I could answer this. Okay, yeah. so dead or alive, NBA yeah. or not, or world. family or not, anything? Your world. Okay, so super it's team. Andrew Parker's episode, my okay. guy. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, my brother has to be on my team no matter what. Yeah. Steve Parker. Um, shoot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, yeah. No, my brother. Was that the happy laugh or the evil laugh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kobe. Kobe. Kobe okay. Bryant. Kobe Bryant, no matter what. Mm. Um, MJ. Oof, we got ourselves a squad here. MJ. And... No one left. I need a big though. Ooh, no. Um, we're gonna go Bill Russell. We're gonna go Bill Russell because he was a humanitarian as well. well he still is a humanitarian. Oh, 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 oh. No, he, I think he left oh, oh. us, but he was a humanitarian before a baller. Did you know that he was in the civil rights movement yes, with sir. Jim Brown? Oh, Muhammad he was not Ali, afraid. Martin Luther King. He talked to. He like, was not all afraid. Them. No, he was not afraid at all. And yeah. this was Boston back in. And and they did some really <laughs> nasty things to that brother. I don't even want to repeat them on this podcast, but it was yeah. I can't believe he had to live with that and still win a championship. So I understand where he's coming from. But that's my squad. Yeah. Me, and my brother, Cole. I think I said Mike. I don't know if I said yeah, Mike. You did. I'll throw you Mike did. in yeah. there. And then Bill yeah. Russell. Yeah. So you're just catching lobs then. Oh man, we're having fun. Are you kidding me? I'm subbing out to watch. <laughs> Go four on five. Have fun, fellas. Have fun. Come subs, subs. Love it. 
All right, you've touched on a few things, but who have been some of the most important pe- people in your life? My mom, my mom and Coach Elnitsky. Uh mm-hmm. My mom was a teacher, and you know, no way. She, yeah, she had. To, well, let's just say she was very resilient, very strong, God fearing, um, Grenadian Caribbean. Um, supportive, went to every single one of my games, picked me up in that van. Everybody knows yes. that one van and the, the horn is getting honked at the street ball court. Oh, you're his ding. And like, brothers, I got to go, man. Bye. Bye. I think y'all. we had the Dodge, the Dodge Chrysler. I think that's what we had. It was like yeah, baby blue. It was a Chrysler yeah. too. It was yeah. a Chrysler. Had the uh, thing on the hood, little thing on the hood, like it was a Mercedes, right. but it was a Dodge. Yeah. No, nah, <laughs> and we'd load everybody up. Actually, my mom would make everybody sandwiches after Love the game. It. And my mom is my greatest inspiration. My children, my queen, my brothers, um, everybody in Northeast Edmonton, Northwest Edmonton, um, the GB Nation, the Golden Bears, um, and of course, my beloved African Caribbean community here in the city. Middle Eastern brothers and sisters and Muslim brothers and sisters. Yeah, everybody, every single intersectional community in Edmonton, that's the most important people to me. Big ups. Love it. Yeah, man. You're getting uh, snacky. <laughs> What's the greatest bag of chips? What are you getting? What you got for us? Oh, that's that's dill pickle. That's dill pickle forever. Any, bra- any brand or just doesn't matter? Yo, give me, like- that, give me that president's choice. Oh, President's piece. Choice. It's so Ruffles dilly though. Looking. It's super dilly. <laughs> Put a little bit of salsa on it. Oh. And if you're bad, you don't melt the cheese. You just have a little slice of cheese with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get yourself a cream soda. Get yourself an orange pop with a little bit of ice in there. You know what I'm saying? A root beer float if you're bad. <laughs> oh, you could have left it at cream soda. Wow. <laughs> cream soda is the OG right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cream soda is where it's at. Still is. <laughs> wow, good play. Okay, so we're 124 in. No one's gone salsa with cheese on top of the chip. Like we, we people listen, have said nachos, right? We do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Northside <laughs> no brothers do whatever. <laughs> Northside brothers do how they want it. He's, he's, we enjoy what we enjoy. If other people don't like it, whatever. Who cares? Throw we're a little beef anyway. jerky up on that. Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, like shoot, man. I, man, shoot. I, I, I'm not telling you my secrets, man. That's another yep. podcast. <laughs> sure, sure. Say less. Okay, books or movies or both? Ooh, movies. Okay, I'm a low key movie buff. No one knows this yet, but I'm. I could recite quotes from almost any and every single movie that I've watched. Okay, do you know who Dwayne notices? You, you, you checked out the pods, right? Use a couple ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He plays from Ontario. Okay. He plays South Carolina. Okay. He has, he has a podcast. Like, literally all they do is chop it up about movies. That's dope. Check it out. I it's should. Called, like, Scenes DM. Like, you, okay. might, you'll, you might like it. He's... I'll add like him his, up after this is done. Hell yeah. His episode, his episode like, when I asked him about movies, it was... It could have gone for three hours. I bet. I'm not going yeah. to take that much from you because I love movies so what probably you, even more. <laughs> so what do you got? Like, is there some, is there a couple that stand out for you all time? Of course. Is there something recent? What do you got? Godfather 1 and 2 and and 3 as well. Um, the Green Mile, okay. Forrest oh. Gump. Oh. 
Yeah, Forrest Gump, um, The Five Bloods, Malcolm X but with Denzel, um, Training Day. Oh, my oh. God. Um, what do I watch whenever it's on TV? Braveheart, Gladiator, um, all Rockies, all Creeds. Oh, my God. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> um, and the new Miles Morales, because my kid actually believes that he's Miles Morales, and I'm not going to stop him. I'm going <laughs> to let him find the multiverse. I'm going to let him find a multiverse. And then when he finds out I'm the prowler in that one, I hope he's nice to him. <laughs> no, yeah, he loves he loves the first Spider-Man and the second one. And Miles Morales being Afro-Latino is really huge because my son has the same hair as him. So in terms of representation, that's a, it's a no-brainer for me. Guess what we watched tonight? What y'all watch? That one. Number one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you did. Yes, sir. It's too good. It is. It's too good. I and you low-key tried to slide in uh, Gladiator there. Oof. That's just listen move. to the soundtrack. You don't even have to watch yeah. it. Just listen to the soundtrack. Listen to it from the beginning to the end. You've had a full story right there. It's amazing. <laughs> that's Russell's... That's Russell's... Best like, Russell made two amazing movies, I think, that year. was that one, and then A Beautiful Mind. And then I was like, this yeah. man's a genius. He's a genius. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. man. Yeah. Dead or alive, doesn't matter. <laughs> You got the best seat in the house with your queen. Right. What concert are we going to? You can name we, a few too. We going to Tupac. We're gonna we're gonna go to Jodeci. Yeah. We're gonna go to Boys oh, to Men. Yeah. Jodeci. has a Las Vegas residency now. I just seen that. Yeah. No Wu Tang too. Wu Tang too. I went I to Wu Tang. Saw, saw the Wu. Did you go to the? So you did, went? did you go? De, De La. Yeah, De La Talib. Nas yeah, Nas as oh, well. Yeah. Talib came out. I was yeah. like, I was. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't sit down once. We did not no. sit down once. We was on the floor. No. I don't know how we got there. Somebody, yep. our friends in the community. <laughs> Good people. Our yeah, friends somehow. in the community yeah. got us down there. We did not sit down once. It was me and my brothers. Blaine was with me. Blaine LeBranch was by my side the whole night. Yeah, he was. And we pulled up. And um, shout out to my queen for that. She she sent us boys there. And um, yeah, Tupac, um, Bob Marley, Sam Cooke. Um, the Temptations, Ooh. Uh, uh, Destiny's Child when they were young, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when they were like with Wyclef, um, Chaos, who I missed in Edmonton and I wanted oh. to see, I didn't get a chance, I was so choked, but my kids were tired and I was tired too. Um, so there's, then, a, there's, a, there's a new, uh, there's a new bar in Vancouver called Courtside. Cool. Fr friend of mine, the owner, yeah, it's all like, it's all... Oh? Yeah, themed That's out. That's dope. Yeah, it's dope. I'll send you the link. But uh, one of the, probably, you know, one of the first five times I go there, I sit down in the corner at the bar with a couple of buddies. I look to my right, and Chaos is literally right next to me. I love that. And that's Chopped why I up. like him as an artist. I like him. I like Cardinal. I like the Rascals. Oh, yes. Um, Drake is dope. I've seen him already. Nas, I had to see. And then I forget who is my sleeper. There's somebody that I, 100, oh, sorry. Outcast. Full stop. Outcast. Full stop. Great. Back together again. Reunion. Reunion concert. Full catalog. Full catalog from uh, Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music, Sporty Odie, Delicious Angel, all the way to the Love Below, to um, Sugar Box, to Andre's Flutes. Andre did something so brilliant because he's like, you know what? I, I like rap a lot. I'm going to try something completely different and I don't care who actually cares about it. And I'm just going to put out music. 
it's that's like the 1960s in a nutshell. That's Bob Dylan. That's like these guys who are just like we're putting out music however we want it. That's Pete Seeger. Like he's a he's a brilliant brilliant artist, and and Big Boy in his own right is 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 a hip hop genius. So and they're from Atlanta. <laughs> Black Heaven. <laughs> you haven't listened. Do you know what my favorite rapper of all time is? Who? Andre 3000. He's big. Outcast, out, outcast is like, for me, it's everybody. Yeah. And Outcast. Like, yeah, me too. Me too. It's not even close. And I, and I, and I respect, I just listened to uh, Questlove got Andre on his podcast and it's dope. Really? And yes. Very recently. Questlove is the most underrated drummer in the history of music. He's brilliant. Are you sure your last name is not Mitchell? Like, <laughs> dude, and the roots too. Black oh, thought no, is like roots. on another level. I'm so sorry, but he's a one of the most brilliant lyricists of all time. Of all I agree, times. and I and I I appreciate and can love and have thankfulness for people that are artists, no matter what skill it is. But if it happens to be music, when they go, this is just where my heart is. Right. Like, I appreciate that because the last thing I want Andre 3000 to do is to force out some bars. Exactly. I don't want that. I, no, don't, I don't want, want that either. bars. Because we, we, we could tell. We could tell. he touches on this. He touches on when they went on tour for a little bit. And I saw them in Pemberton here. But he talks about the first time. And, like, Big Boy had been touring for 10 months. So right. he's in the – and he's like, I hadn't put – He's like, they were making us put these earbuds in our ears. And I could hear, like, a hundred people talking and – like, it just felt so unnatural to him, right? right? right and I'm like, right. the last thing I want is that guy to not be himself. Exactly. So I can respect it, right? He's a renaissance. He's a renaissance MC. He could, he could, he could exist in any era of hip hop. That's how brilliant he is. He could exist in any era, any single era, New York, West Coast, South. He could do it all. Yeah, he could do it all. He's, he's awesome. Okay. So anyone out there who just, you know, thinks I'm an old head and I don't even know what I mean, the man himself has said it. All right. Yeah, totally. Okay. Last question. Cool. Thanks for being with us. Of course. Uh, uh, it's been dope. Um, who would you like to see on a hoops journey other than your oh, brother? Let's get, you, yeah, get your brother. That's where, yeah, that would have okay, been number so one. Get your brother on there. Right. Is there anybody else out there with a good story that we can chop um, it up with and have a good time? <laughs> I really, I, I don't know. Did y'all ever get Greg Francis? I think nah. like in our, in our city, oh. he had such a huge impact and being a fella who's an Ontario guy to come out here. Greg Francis went to bat for me a lot. He, he, um, yeah, he, like our kids, like we hung out a couple of times, um, He's, he had a really good heart, and that's somebody mm -hmm. in Canada. I think that story 100% needs to be told. Mike Myers is somebody else I really respect. Eddie Richardson, I respect him. Michael Linkletter, my Métis brother, my Métis yes, brother, sir. who was my teammate for the Edmonton Energy. Me and him got along really, really well. We still get along really well. His son, um, Amari's playing for Nate. Uh, Nate's nice. uh, college, so he comes to town every now and then. But we just saw things on a on a Métis Indigenous Black level that was really cool to be ballers too. Um, That's dope. And then who else would I? Uh, 
Shoot, Rob. You got to be the plug, though. You're the plug, though, man. You want me to be the plug, plug? Okay, yeah. I can get you. <laughs> mm. Get Brody Clark. Get some Let's of these young it. boys in there. Get Dwan yeah. Williams. Get uh, yeah. get Brandon Miklas on from U of A. Um, get yeah, uh, all we my have Diego point Mafia. Nice. From Vic, yeah, we need the young dudes too for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, the young bulls got a story to tell, and I'm I'm yep. a big fan of listening to them. So I think Me they too. could actually change the game. I and I want to be alongside. I want to be right by their side when they do. I love it. Now listen, as we wrap it up here, yeah. um, like when I, you know, this podcast kind of we started COVID, sort of like throwing names around in your head, and people like. You, you kind of just instantly think around your own kind of era. I know you don't know who I am, but like you're just behind me. So I'm thinking these names and like to have you on is super dope. And I think it's amazing to, to just sort of see the growth of people. And that's the fun part is like, I love that we throw the word journey in because your journey is still going and right. there's no limit to it. So thank you for being with us. Any sort of last thoughts, ideas, reflections before we let you go yeah happy holidays to you and your loved ones and thank you again my man yeah just just final thoughts um hey man i need everybody who hear this podcast to pray for peace in the world right now man there's some big challenges happening brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in africa the middle east and you know i'm not gonna say i'm the <laughs> the best mm-hmm. christian or the best uh religious person but i do hope and pray for peace in this world every single day and i hope for that not just for my kids but for all kids around the world so i'm standing in solidarity with all the brothers and sisters in the community that are looking for true justice true wisdom true peace true love true harmony um and i hope that we see it in this lifetime because the world deserves to have happiness and people who are going through strife and challenges and conflicts right now they deserve a resolution. They deserve a solution. So I'm imploring all political leaders, all leaders in a community to advocate for peace, advocate for ceasefires, and advocate for love in this world. Um, and I say that in the name of the beneficent, benevolent, the merciful, the one who all praises do, we give praise to you, whether that's Jesus, Allah, Buddha, Krishna, Vishnu, um, Yahweh, uh, whoever you call the higher power, Mother Earth, Father Time, or just a feeling in your heart that makes you feel like I'm doing the right thing. Follow that piece of your heart. And um, I, I, I know for a fact we can change this world if we do. Take a pause there. What One thing you don't know is when you switch from iPhone to laptop, I did a little uh, sort of Christmas happy holidays because I know Christmas isn't for everyone sort of. Right before the show is the same thing like let's just take care of each other yeah life's too short it is too short there's too much going on and and we just need to pause and sort of like we need running water and we need health and safetyness for everyone man and i agree and those are good ways to sum it up and i think and i think it's so cool to see someone that was so involved in basketball to take their passions and and follow them and be so driven with them and like you said they're exhausting at times but you matter, man. And the things that you're doing are changing people's lives, literally, whether you know it or not. So thank you for that. And thank you for being with us. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Merry Christmas, Santa. Please send me some underwear and socks. I've been good this year. <laughs> I just want underwear and socks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
That's it. Army, Navy, I don't care where. Dudes are the worst to race. Like, you know, like me and my wife don't usually get each other things. Like I bought her like five things and I know she's bought me one. But like, I don't even care. I just need a coffee and some underwear, man. And I'm good. I told my wife, NBA TV and a good bag of chips. I will be yours for eternity. You don't have to worry about nothing. Dill pickle off top with Dill salsa and a slice side. of cheese. Slice of cheese go. on the side. East side style, man. <laughs> what an episode. An amazing human being. If you can't take away something from this one, then you need to stop checking out the pod because this is full of so much. An absolute legend in the game and representing his community, continuing to stand on front an educator in our world and we appreciate you brother and thank you for being with us episode 124 thank you to our sponsors and we will see you on the next one peace